Hey, it's Dr. G. And whether you've been a longtime listener or you're new to the podcast, welcome. Have you ever felt like you wanted to start over or reinvent your life? If so, I want to invite you to tell me all about it. I really need your advice. And to reward you for your time, I'm going to be choosing nine listeners to join me on a free one-on-one relaunch game plan call. This call is designed to help you get clear on your specific goals so you can relaunch your life. To join in and be eligible for the free call, go to discover.drgordon.me. That's discover.drgordon.me and answer all the questions. I look forward to reading your responses and talking to you soon. Thanks for your help and thanks for launching your life with me. Welcome to the Launch Your Life podcast, the only mindset podcast that provides weekly actionable insights for lasting happiness and change for high achieving professionals who are ready to bounce back from burnout. I'm your host, Dr. G. Today, we're talking to Madonna Hanna. Madonna is a motivational speaker, freelance writer, author, actress, and competitive amateur sprinter. Madonna was selected as the National Senior Games Association Athlete of the Month for January 2020. She presently writes a monthly article for the Senior Scene publication in Pierce County, Washington State, chronicling her journey to the Senior Games. Madonna is a retired fashion marketing educator who has received over 30 teaching awards and recognitions. During the podcast, we talk about what it's like to be an athlete in midlife and how to get started, how a download from the universe can change the trajectory of your life, how coaching in anything closes the gap and stay to the end for motivation to get started on whatever your dream is. At the end of the episode, visit launchyourlifepodcast.com where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. Every day at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I post on LinkedIn. Follow me there. Just search Dr. Michelle Gordon to get actionable life launching tips. And when you're ready to create change in your life, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email, drg at drgordon.me, drg. I'm happy to talk to you and find out if you're a fit for one of our life-changing programs. Thanks for launching your life with me. Now, let's get to Madonna. Donna, welcome to the Launch Your Life podcast. I am so excited to have you here because you actually, you know, pretty much launched your life. And and I want to hear all about it. And you're a competitive sprinter. And um, I just, let's let's just start there. Like, like how, first of all, how old are you? How, when, when did you start doing this competitive sprinting? And how, how did you kind of get? Well, Dr. G, I'm glad to be here. And you're brave enough to ask a woman, girl, how old are you? Oh, I know. <laughs> right? I have to ask that because this is for older women, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 57 today. So I'll, I, you know. Okay. If you don't well, want to say, birthday. then that's fine. Thank you. I, well, not today, but it's just oh, like, this is where I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, this is where, yeah. well, right now I am 68 years old. I would and, never believe that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I <clears throat> started sprinting at the age of 57. So oh, for wow. all your listeners... I was not an athlete <laughs> in uh, high school. Now, I will say that at the age of seven, I did watch the Olympics and especially track and field. And mm-hmm. after watching 
I would go outside and play 100-yard dash. And of course, I would win, you know, the gold medal for the United States. But that's when I was seven. And who the heck knew that 50 years later, I would have this overwhelming feeling. And that's what it was. It was an overwhelming feeling that said, run 100 meters. Hmm. <laughs> what? At the time, I was teaching fashion marketing to high schoolers. And the, Dr. G, the feeling was so overwhelming that I had to do something about it. Told my husband, who actually had track and field experience, high school, college, <clears throat> and he was a uh, high school track coach. And he said, okay. <laughs> he was real old school. And that, that's important that I say that. I had uh, backpacks, <laughs> a backpack with five pounds of bricks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, going down the hardware store. Oh, I need bricks. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and also um, uh, ankle weights. And here I was jogging, just jogging everywhere. And wouldn't you know it, when I entered the 2011 Washington State Senior Games, I won the 50 and the 100-meter races. Wow. Because <laughs> I figured all I have to do is run as fast as I can in a straight line. And I'm doing this on a whim. People are excited, you know. Uh, oh, you should do this again and compete at nationals. Yeah, Dr. Judy, I'm like, nationals? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? I just did this on the whim. But sometimes, and I think as women, sometimes when somebody says, oh, wow, you should do that. Go, go compete over here. You know, it's like, do 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 what me no whereas men right away would go oh sure let's go oh you know? that's, this is such a great opportunity to talk about the patriarchy yeah. um <laughs> almost every podcast i talk about the patriarchy and how women um are really I, I guess the best word is subjugated and and it's not i don't think it's on purpose i really do think now that it's just because that's the way things have always been and we're, we're raised from little girls to serve and men exactly. are not boys are not and so i think it's really important that we start to instill in our in our children our grandchildren that they can do anything and they can they don't have to serve and that's i think i think if, if we do nothing else with the with the next generation if we teach the women that they don't have to serve then i think that we can have them come up and and hopefully we can start to move away from a patriarchy and move something, move towards sure. something that's a little bit more egalitarian. Sure. And, yeah. you know, when I look back on my mindset at that time and, and have thought through it, just like you said, it's like, oh, wow, you're good at this. Um, compete again so you can go to nationals. And, yeah. and, and like I just said, men are, you know, men are like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, what? I just did this on the whim am i good enough to go to nationals because everybody's like yeah you can do it like well i don't know but anyway wait didn't, didn't you qualify by winning didn't you qualify for nationals by winning the washington state 
not at that time. It wasn't a qualifying year. Okay. So I competed the following year. And yes, I made it to my first nationals, which was in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh-huh. My, my husband and I went to this extraordinary event where there were probably about 10,000 participants between the ages of 50 and 100 plus. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me, participating in about maybe 20 different sports. And, and this, this was just a new thing to my husband and I. And we're like, wow, look at all these really fit people who are like 80 and 90 and 100 years old. There's archery and there's, of course, you know, I'm track and field, but, but basketball and just, it's, it's really an incredible experience. Yeah. Anyway, um... Something real quick that, that that happened there. I ran my race and I came in ninth. This is my first time out. I'm coming in ninth, so I'm just out of the money to get into the finals. But there was a four by one hundred team that needed a a, a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> so I volunteer. Now, mind you, I've never done this before. Oh, you've never life. passed a baton or anything. No. Well. Dr. G, I said, I don't have any <laughs> track and field in I'm 57. The voice yeah. is saying, run 100 meters, you know, build an arc, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Field, so they can come play. So I, so I just, well, I can run fast. And wouldn't you know, we had 15 minutes. It was like, okay, you go check in and you'll be racing in 15 minutes. Well, I meet the three ladies who are like world-class athletes <laughs> and they're deciding who's going to run what leg. And yeah. I said, what leg do you want to run? And I'm, I, I, I've never done this before. Now the clock's ticking and these are very aggressive women. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, one woman did take me aside because she had to, and she taught me what to do in less than 15 minutes. In wow. less than 15 minutes, if you can imagine learning uh, the strategy, you got you have the baton, where you pass it off, don't step on the line, but stay close to the line. And Okay, yeah. so we did this. It's time to go. I'm the first leg, because I'm only going to hand the baton off once, and I realize I have to run a curve. Oh. All I do is run in a straight line, but hey, it's too late. <laughs> and so anyway, I do what I'm supposed to do. My team comes in third. We get a bronze hey, that's, medal. That's great. Yes. But the most <clears throat> extraordinary thing, Dr. G, was that when I was on the podium with my team and when I got my medal, the first place team, they were not only first place, they had broken a world record. Wow. They start chanting, good job, Madonna. Good job, Madonna. And I'm like, what? Oh. So I'm thinking, Dr. G, the word got around that there's this woman who's on a team, who volunteered to be on a team, who doesn't know up from down, and they have to <laughs> teach her really quick, right? Because why else would these women be, you know, chanting good job madonna so anyway the entire stadium picks up the chant oh. 
And there was a man standing next to my husband who jabs him in the side and says, come on, say good job, Madonna. (laughs) And, you know, my husband's stunned. He's, you know, and I just thought that that was such a gracious moment because sometimes women are notorious for not supporting each other. Especially, oh, that's you know, so a, true. A, aggressive women, you know. Yeah. And here was this wonderful moment where these women, world-class athletes traveling around the world competing, who yeah. took this moment, <laughs> who took this moment to say, you did a good job. You didn't know what the hell you were doing, but you, but you help your team to a bronze medal. Well, and and that 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 was just a, a really yeah really I, I mean I think that there's so many opportunities here to talk about what how how getting out of your comfort zone and taking risks can really pay off I think there's that and then the also the whole thing about everybody feels like an imposter at first and you you kind of have to push through it in in order to maybe get to the next side I mean you know it's really hard to grow if you're still always comfortable right and that's even, you know, I mean, this is a mindset podcast. And so the question I have for you is what, what was your biggest mindset shift that you had to go through in order to take the risk to try something that felt so foreign to you? I'm glad that you used the word imposter. When that first time that I raced and everybody was, oh, do this, do that. And I continued to race, but I just didn't feel right inside. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I belonged because the sprinters were all sitting around talking about, well, we raced here and we're reading this article there. And that wasn't me. And even though I was sitting with the sprinters and even though I had my medals, I was like, I'm just running, (laughs) you know? And it wasn't until my second coach, my, my husband had coached me to my second national event, which would, which would have been in 2019 in uh, Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico. He went through three bouts of cancer and he passed away. Oh, sorry. And before, thank you, before he passed away, he said, keep running, but you need to build up your thighs. <laughs> and... Um, you know, after everything had been settled, I uh, realized, well, I need a coach so, so, so that I can finish the, the journey that my husband and I started yeah. of, of, of going to New Mexico to compete. And I was interviewing coaches, interviewed two uh, boomers, and one boomer led me to the coach that I have now, a millennial. <laughs> now, when I retired from teaching, I was teaching millennials. <laughs> and now I love it. I have a millennial coach. Uh, when, when he was introduced to me, when the person who was, uh, you know, who said, well, I'd love to coach you, I can't, but I've got a young man here who is an Olympic hopeful, uh, went to Oregon, which is one of the best track colleges, multiple time NCAA champion type, multiple all-American, 
this, this, and this, all the way down the line. And, and I'm thinking, he's going to be my coach? You know how that doubt comes in again? Because yeah. if it was a guy, it'd be, shoot, what? Yeah, yeah. You, you see how that, that you know? Yeah. And, and I went, okay, okay, all right. The thing that the two of us were both thinking, because uh, this young man was told that uh, we'd like you to coach this older lady, because right now he's coaching like high school <laughs> kids yeah. and, 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 and little kids while he's on his journey. And we found out we were both thinking basically the same thing. I'm thinking, this kid's a millennial. Is he going to take me seriously? And he's thinking, oh, this is an older lady. Is she going to take me seriously? So anyway, after he worked with me to get me ready for the uh, games in, in New Mexico, I realized that that torturous training that he put me through, because it was way different from, from, from my husband's training, I thought, oh, my goodness. I didn't win. But I felt like running again afterwards, where usually it's like, oh, God, I don't want to run anywhere again after I race. And I <clears throat> thanked him and I said, I was feeling like an imposter, like I didn't belong. But now I can say I am a sprinter yes. and say it with confidence. Because I now understand the process. I understand why he had me doing the things that he had me do. And I just, that, 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 that was the shift of, of actually realizing, here I am. This is something I'm going to continue to do. And uh, he was supposed to be like one and done because because coaching me was a favor, and now it's three years now. <laughs> so I think that's really great. But I, I want to let me ask you a question. When you first started running, so back in maybe 2010, when you started sprinting, when the you know you you got this download from the universe that says start running, were you overweight? No. Okay, so you didn't have a weight problem. Were you an athlete? What did you do for exercise at the time? I would jog. Okay. And so you were already fit. Yes, and and I and I <clears throat> and I played tennis for a while because mm -hmm. my my husband played tennis. He taught me how to play tennis, and uh, I, I did that for a while until I was involved in a horrific vehicle accident, and then there was no more tennis. But uh, no, but I I didn't start running because of a weight thing or anything like that. Uh -huh. It was like you said, a download from the universe. Um, run, run 100 meters. I love that. Um, so tell me what's changed in your life since you started on this journey of, of world-class athlete sprinting, because that's what you are. I mean, you, you are, you know, you're a world-class athlete. You won a bronze medal and, and, you know, with world-class athletes, you, you are one of them. <laughs> what? <clears throat> What has specifically changed for me is my coach, the, the, the impact 
that my 27-year-old coach is having on me. Um, Dr. G, I guess this is how the universe works. Run 100 meters, and I go through whatever I go through, and then I get to this coach who is elevating my progress to become a more proficient sprinter. I'm working out five days a week, three days on the track, two in the gym. I am using all sorts of, of contraptions. Of course. To do, to do this and to do that. And I'm lifting dumbbells and, and I'm doing uh, endurance work, speed work. I've got the guns. Women are stopping me and telling me that, oh, I would kill for your thighs. <laughs> you know? I, uh. I, I mean, oh, okay, um, I'm working out. And plus my diet has changed. Now, I've, I've never been on a diet in my life, but because I'm training, I need fuel. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah. eating more carbs and proteins and I'm sometimes I am just so hungry <laughs> and it's yeah you know because I'm when, I'm I'm burning off I'm burning yeah. off calories and things that has changed uh and also my mindset has changed mm -hmm. I had a negative mindset when I first started working with my young coach because what he had me doing was so drastically different from what my husband had me doing. And, mm -hmm. and I was questioning myself, like, what have I gotten myself into? This kid yeah. has me doing all these drills and this and that. And then I thought, because I do have a corporate management background in marketing and some other areas too, um, I, 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 had to talk myself down and say, he is showing you the things that he learned. He's a world-class sprinter, Madonna. Mm. Um, and this, this is how things are done. I know you were used to something else, but you got to get used to this. Yeah, I mean, and, that's the same thing. It's just, just, you know, getting out of your comfort zone in order to improve. And I, you know, as anyone who's a high achiever is, is always looking for ways to become better, right? This is what we do. I mean, you know, it's this constant, never ending improvement. I mean, how can I get a little bit better today over yesterday without comparing myself to how I was when I was 18, right? And that's, that's, exactly. I think the biggest challenge, that's the biggest challenge for us as, as older women, um, especially because how society starts to treat women as as we age we start to get dismissed more uh, as if we're not important even though one thing i have to say is that you know even though i'm carrying around extra weight still and you know i'm one of those women who gained weight with a baby and just never was able to get it, all of it off i mean i got i got a lot of it off and then menopause came and i i gained about 50 pounds and i was able to get that off but i still have a little extra weight but what what i do with this body now 
is I, I could never have done with my 18 year old body. I mean, I can run seven miles without stopping at 11 minutes per mile, which I think is really good. I'm not yes. you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I mean, if I, you know, I can't, I can't, I think my fastest 400 meters is like just under two minutes. Right. So it's not, I'm not a super fast sprinter, but, but you know, I don't have to be world-class. I just, I just train. So I think it's so, so, so important for us to not compare ourselves to years and years ago, but just yesterday. And when you do that, it's so easier. It's a lot easier to move out of the comfort that we've, that we, I don't know, we get stuck in the inertia of the couch sometimes, right? I, I, I think so. And, and another point that you brought up about um, confidence, I realized that I have a lot of confidence in my field. Fashion, the marketing, retailing, mm-hmm. management, all that sort of thing, and in vocational education. I, like you said, I'm out of my, you know, this sprinting thing and becoming serious about it and realizing how serious my coach is about um, coaching me. Yeah. That's a different mindset because when I compete nationally, especially in Albuquerque, I was upset with myself because there were so many athletes way older than me that were running 50 meters faster than Mm. me. Um, At that time, I ran 50 meters in 9.3 seconds, which of course is Fast That's for fast. a person my age, and I'm in the middle of the pack nas- nationally in this in this age group. And I wasn't looking at that at the time, that my coach had uh, helped me to run a, a little faster, you know, in, in a short time. I am still in the point where I am developing confidence in being the best amateur sprinter that I can be. And and I've learned that we have confidence in different areas of our life. And what I was doing is like, well, I'm a confident person. Well, how come I can't do this? How come I can't run faster? How come, you know? (sighs) Oh my gosh. You know what I tell the ladies in my programs is that anything worth doing is worth sucking at it first. And we, for some reason, seem to think that we have to be excellent at everything we start when we're adults. And it makes no sense. Babies are not born walking, right? They're not born talking. And and it's so, so, so important that we have to be gentle with ourselves when we try something new, when we step outside our comfort zones. And the the other thing I think is so poignant is that you used a coach to close the gap for you. You know, nothing in the world is new. There's always somebody who's done it before you. And what I love about coaching is that a coach can just like collapse the time. It can, a coach can say, you know, get, get you and And we tend to think of coaches only solely really when it comes to sports, but there's coaches like I'm a coach. I coach, I coach women and men to relaunch their lives. Right. And sure. what I, what I love to do is, is help, is help people go from, go from here to there and a lot faster than it took me. 
because when when you can take back your life and and start to really create something that you love it it's it's magical it's magical it is and and that you know for you it was you know you i mean it's almost like you started taking back your life through sport and and you know you got this whole new like like you're a professional athlete now you know <laughs> i'm just not getting paid but <laughs> but well but, you can yeah. though you yeah. got to write a book like 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 minerva what's her name um myrna uh, valerio she's um she had a blog called fat girl running and she's still fat and she still runs but uh she wrote she wrote a book that was put on the amazon like first reads and now she's a sponsor for all sorts of brands because wow. fat girl fat girls run too and oh, she just that. took a bunch of her blog posts and put it into a put it into a book form and it got published and then she started getting some notoriety and you know i mean that's the thing about marketing you know this you know you got to get a little mm -hmm. bit famous and then once you get a little bit famous then they'll start reaching out to you and you know you could i'm sure there's plenty of people that you could partner with um well i you know. that's that's what I'm hoping to do down the road. My, the story that my coach and I have developed uh, has been written up and uh, we've, gee, we were even on um, NPR, all things wow. considered. That's great. <laughs> I can uh, send that interview to, to you. And uh, we do have a story because here's a young man in his prime who's, who's going, reaching for an Olympic dream. He still is. He, he uh, uh, participated in two Olympic trials, mm. didn't make the U.S. team. Clock's ticking on him because <laughs> he's yeah. 27 and he's, and he's looking at, you know, uh, the, the next Olympics, I believe, would be 2024 if things are yeah. back on, on, on track. And here he is. He just took me on as a favor, you know, this older woman, <laughs> you know, and now he continues to coach me and we you know there's that story in there you know it started mm -hmm. off he's helping a, he's he's helping a widow <laughs> and now that has yeah. evolved into okay this is not a whim you know i got to a point and it was in fact during an, another interview that i did where the uh host said Madonna, this is not a whim anymore. I mean, you're out there. You're training. You're doing this and that. This is your life now. And bing, this is my life and my lifestyle now. And yeah. after uh, my Washington State race last year, 2021, which was on the same day that my coach thought he was going to be in Japan, uh, oh. we, spoke, we spoke afterwards and... Just listening to his commitment to me about what we are going to do in the future, some things that he noticed that I didn't do uh, when we were uh, prepping for the race. Um, and I thought, wow, this, 
this kid is really noticing things. He's getting into this coach thing, you know, because, and in fact, I did say to him earlier in that week, you're not an assistant coach. Now you are my coach, which makes you the head coach and you are responsible for me. And for (laughs) a young man, especially a young African-American male who, um, you know, coming out of high school, coming out of college, oh, he's everything, he's wonderful, he's won everything, yeah. and how that can go to the head, you know, the ego kind kind of thing. Because, as you know, athletes are very much into themselves, and now he's got a person to be responsible for when we yeah. go to track meet. You're the guy. You're the coach. And it was like a realization to him that, yeah, I have to step out of being the athlete, and I, I'm i in charge, <laughs> as, as, as he will be when we go to nationals. He, he will yeah. be there. He's going to take a week off his outdoor uh, season, and uh, he's the guy when, when, you know, when we show up in Fort Lauderdale, yes, he's, he's, He's responsible. I'm not doing any thinking because the only thing I'm thinking about is running in that straight line as fast as I can. He will take care of all the details of this and that. But That's so nice, though, to have somebody who will do that for you. I, I really, I just think that's that's great. So what I what I want to know is, like, let's say that I'm I'm somebody who I've been thinking for a while about, you know, I've I've gotten a download exercise but I'm stuck in the couch. So how, how do, how does somebody become a midlife athlete without, um, you know, changing everything all at once? Because oftentimes changing everything all at once is a recipe for failure. As far as becoming (laughs) an athlete, a midlife athlete, my route is obviously way different. Um, I would suggest that if you played a sport when you were younger, then, okay, then you might want to revisit that sport because it's a sport that you are familiar with. But before you do that, see a doctor, (laughs) get, get a checkup, let the doctor know, well, yes, I've been sitting on the couch for a while, and I'm thinking about playing basketball again because I played in high school, played in college. That was 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the mindset is I can still get out there like I did 30 years ago, but the, no, no, no. You, you have to be a realist. Sit sit down, <laughs> talk, talk to your doctor. Talk to people who are already on an adult uh, basketball team, baseball, whatever you want to play, talk to the players, find out about the commitment, find out what you need to do to get in shape because you just don't get up and start doing things. Even if you want to run, you need need to stretch, you need to limber up. And as you had mentioned before, you need 
to take baby steps to do what you want to do because yeah. you just don't get up and do things and then that's how people get hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, weekend, people... like you think about weekend warrior syndrome and you know you go out and work out really hard on the weekend and then you know during the week you're you're not doing anything and it's just not enough movement no no because yeah. you, you you need to do things gradually and you know as well as I do that sometimes when people get excited, yes, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna run, and then I go do it, and then now I'm hurt and stiff, and now I don't wanna do it anymore because it hurts. <laughs> and it's because, no, yeah. you need to get into it gradually, gradually. Yeah, it's true, it's true. It's And, and I always like to tell people that the best exercise is one you'll do. It's, you know, it, it's just, I, I, had, I had the hardest, when I got back into exercise, I would say, that was about 2014 is when I started exercising again, really pretty regularly. And I, I, I had to fight with myself to do it because I had this mindset that exercise was punishment. I don't know oh. where that came from. I don't know where mm -hmm. that came from. And so I had to change my mindset and it became something more along the lines of what can I do with this body? And, and so I had to get really curious about it in order to, make you know make myself do things and you know if you have it if you exercise you know twice a week i mean that's that's good but also you it's going to be hard to see results if you're only doing it twice a week you want to you know you want to consistency is the thing that wins the game for everything yes yes yeah. there there is power in consistency yeah and sometimes <clears throat> excuse me People think that, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to lift weights and boom, the muscles are going to be there. Oh, <laughs> you no. know, it, everything takes time. And even as I mentioned before, women might stop me and say, what? You have killer thighs. <laughs> or, wow, you've got guns. Yeah. I'm looking at them like, what? Because I'm really not noticing because I'm in the process <laughs> of doing all these, I'm taking all these little steps, struggling through, trying to do what the coach is telling me to do. And yeah. like you, like I said, I had to change my mindset that at first it does seem like punishment. I don't know where this thing about exercise is punishment, especially for women, because men yeah. are there, yeah, I'll do it. You know, push-ups, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're challenging each other yeah. in the push-ups. You know, right. I can do a hundred push-ups. You know, off they go. You know, women don't do that. Women don't say, yeah, let's, let's do sit-ups. Come on, Dr. G, you and I can do, it's on. Let's do 50 push-ups. Let's, let's, okay, now let's do 25, but women don't do that kind of thing. And so when you said it's like, ah, it's like punishment. Yeah. No, you change your mindset to, okay, this is going to be good for me. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to look better. I'm going to have more energy. I am going to be able to, I'm, I'm going to be agile and flexible because we know that as we age, Oh goodness, we don't want to fall down and break a hip. You know, oh my gosh, we don't, no. Yeah. No, no. We you know, we want to be able to reach for for, for something and we want to be able yeah. to sit down in a chair and we want to be able to get up <laughs> again without assistance. You yeah. know. 
Um, but, you know, I'm just glad that you said you change your mindset and, and hopefully I can help you to change your mindset because I had to change my every darn yeah. thing that I have to do now. I'm saying, yay, I get to do this. So that's that's so important, you know, that that oftentimes we look at things that we have to do in life and we say, oh, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. You know, and and what I tell the women who are in my menopause program is like menopause is not this horrible thing. And yeah, it's disruptive. But if you didn't have menopause, you'd probably be dead because everyone goes through it. The privilege of a long life. And when you change your mindset to that, then it it's like. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. And, and it's just, you know, just that little teeny mindset shift can actually really make a huge difference. And I think that's where things really, it, it's so, it's just really important for us to pay attention because this is how, this is how you get out of burnout. This is how you move forward in your life, especially when you feel stuck. And, and I, you know, and, and it's action. And that's exactly yeah. what you did. You get this download from the universe and you started taking action. You weren't sure of where the, where, where things were going to go, but the universe said no. run. And, and that's, that's if, if you take nothing else from this podcast, it is that action will bring you clarity because it's going to get you closer to the process. It doesn't matter about the outcome. You just want to get closer to following the process. And as what's happened with Madonna, she's got now this coach who's making her faster. And I don't know about, about the people who are listening, but getting faster at a 50 minute meter run is hard. I mean, you know, you're talking about fractions of seconds and if you're able to, you know, cut off half a second in a year, that's amazing. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Which, which, which he has, which he has gotten me to do, uh, in the 50 and in the hundred, uh, I took off, well, he, he, he helped me take off one second and change. Wow. And I thought, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And what's your, he, what's your, what's your fastest, um, 100, like 25? Uh, my fastest 100 would be, I just happened to have it right Oh, awesome. Here. Um, okay. <clears throat> My fastest 100 would be like 16. Wow. 16 something. Okay. It's, wait a minute. Your fastest 50 is, you said it was like nine something. Okay. My fastest 50 meter, which was in 2011 was yeah. 8.91. Damn. You're fast. And my, and my fastest 100 meter was in 2013. It was 1682. Wow. And 15, now, wow. now, now in between, I severely ruptured my Achilles oh, in uh, no. 2014 racing. Mm, and um, so I took two years off. So I'm coming back because the surgeon said I was not going to have my explosive speed anymore and I would not be able to run again and I said hmm and in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> in 
in 2017, I said, let me try this again. And I won 50 meters, 9.8, and the 100 meters, 17.9. And that's wow. after rehabbing after a severe, severely ruptured Achilles. Yeah, it's so funny, you know, because I have a medical background. So I think about ruptured Achilles comes from, you know, like Levaquin and that sort of thing. And so I always want to ask people if they have a ruptured Achilles, if they had been taking any antibiotics in the, in, because of my medical background. No, I hadn't been yeah, taking just, any. So you just, yeah, you just had an overuse injury. That's, yes. but that's a, that's a but that's really a tough one to come back from. And, and the other thing, when you have an injury like that and you've got to take time off, um, you know, I had a really, I was running a lot and I had a pretty bad foot injury, like a Morton's neuroma from the wrong kinds of shoes. And I didn't run for, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe eight months or something. And going back was hard. You know, it's, it's hard to get back into shape after you haven't done it for a while. It's, it's a matter of like saying, you know, yeah, I can. And, and then you get afraid that you're going to hurt or fall down or, you know, that's like, like on the bicycle and like I'm afraid of cars and, you know, all those things. And so you, you really got to, you got to trick your mind into, into saying, it's okay. We're going to do something dangerous, but we're going to be okay. <laughs> yes. And, and the, the, the surgeon also said, well, because of your age, cause I might've been, I don't know the math. I was in my early sixties then. And, and he said, well, your age. And he was actually upset set with me because he said that the MRI didn't show all the damage you know how you doctors that you go in yeah. surgery like ah and it was um uh more more oh it was more severe and plus I have small calves so he didn't have that much room to oh. to to, well, to well. work in and, and and it was more severe you know and, uh, but, but going through rehab, there was a time when I could not lift my left foot at all. There's no lift. And in fact, I have very little lift, but when I'm running, you can't tell unless you're looking really close and you see that I am planting my left foot and my right foot, of course, has the lift. So I'm moving so fast that when my left foot plants, <laughs> it's got to get yeah. back up again. It's not lifting. It's just, you know, just getting back It's up. momentum. Yeah. Yes. That's, and so that's great. My young coach is managing that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you that's, know. that's good though. I mean, working around in injuries is, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I think life happens right? And, yeah. and it's our job, it's our job to, to decide whether it's going to, you know, something in life is going to bring us down or whether we're going to, you know, move forward and move through it and, and continue with excellence. So was there anything else you were hoping to share with the audience today that we didn't get to? I, well, my advice would be, especially for, for, for women, don't feel guilty about being wonderful don't yeah. feel guilty about the God-given talents that you have because what you have was given to you so that you can share, so that you can motivate, empower, and inspire others. 
And when you hold all of this back, you are depriving people of what they needed to get from you so that they can move forward. Just like you were talking about what we need to tell girls, what we need to tell our children now, how we need to inspire them and motivate them so that they can go out into the world and motivate and inspire people. Yes. And, and so I just want your listeners to know, don't ever feel guilty about being wonderful. Don't ever feel guilty about having your talents because you've got to share them and don't deprive people. The world needs your voice. That's for sure. The world needs your voice. Well, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram, Madonna Fit, Fast, and Fabulous. I love it. Facebook, Madonna B as in boy, Hannah. My website, dropkickthedrama.com. And they can, oh yeah, that that (laughs) comes from teaching other people's kids. And I tell them, dropkick the drama, kid. Uh, and my e- and my um, <laughs> email address is madfashion2001 at yahoo.com. They can contact me. They can hire me to speak. I speak to seniors <laughs> mm-hmm. about motivating, getting up and being motivated, yeah. and also to kids who have... Uh, been bullied oh yes yeah yeah I I think listen this is this has been such a great conversation and I think I think the biggest take-home for me is that it's never too late and you know as somebody who completely shifted careers late in life uh, it's never too late so Madonna thanks so much for being a part of the launch your life podcast today and I can't wait to talk to you again I want to have you back after your next nationals Yes, yes, let's do that. And I'm so glad that you've got a track and field background too, Dr. G. (laughs) Well, just a little.